fashion. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Social Media Today, a podcast where we talk about tips, tricks, and tools for how to grow your online business. Today, I have a very special guest. Her name is Wendy. Wendy, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, my name is Wendy Ailey, and I am the owner of The Missing Piece, Business Development and Mindset Coaching. Cool. So what what does that mean? Like mindset coaching? <laughs> I see a lot of coaching nowadays. Explain what, what makes you different from other coaches online. Well, I actually am not... Um, I'm not simply a mindset coach. I use mindset to help people develop their businesses. So what mindset does for us is it gets in our way or it moves us forward. Mm -hmm. And for most of us, if you haven't spent time thinking about your mindset, the pieces that are controlling you are probably keeping you from taking any kind of risk or step forward. Because every time we make change in our lives, no matter how positive, our inner self kind of says, yikes, change, you know, I don't want to do that. And it directs us to stay where we are comfortable. So knowing that about ourselves, as we work through the business development program, we address those mindset pieces that often get in our way. And this is for people who say, you know, well, I always start things and I don't finish, or, you know, I want to try it, but I don't know if I'm good enough, or I don't think I'll ever make that kind of money. These kind of thoughts are all pieces of mindset. People who say they cannot sell, it's all mindset. You just have to get past that. What do you say to people who think that they can't sell? I'm I'm very curious to hear that. So when you can't sell, um, and let me just give you a little background. I spent three years in the used car industry, not as a salesman. (laughs) (laughs) I was not a salesman and I have never been a salesman. I am an incredible promoter, but I could not sell ice to an Eskimo. Um, I could not sell, you know, I couldn't sell water to a dying man in the Sahara. Just couldn't do it. I can never convince anyone. What I found in trying to sell my course is that I just don't. For people who think they can't sell, that's terrific. Don't sell. Create a situation where you are simply, simply offering the right product to the right person at the right time and know how to address their mindset issues that are holding them back. So you're not selling. Selling is is getting someone to buy what you have because you want them to. Offering is providing someone assistance, a solution, something that they need in a way that they can access it. I I feel like sales has a very like I'm not gonna say dirty connotation but people think that they smell like commission breath so I mean to give you some background I work in enterprise tech sales for a public for a tech company Mm -hmm. so I mean uh, right now I do full cycle and like when I tell people that I work in sales I mean they're gonna get some sort of impression but like I think that they think of sleaze i mean like maybe they're sleaze yep. maybe not but like the used car salesman the snake oil salesman mm-hmm. um and times are moving past that yes i i feel like now to engage in any sort of like on like because 
it, the, the times of going door to door, I mean, like cold calling still exists, it, like cold emailing still exists. Mm-hmm. I do nine to five, but to, I've built up a lot of relationships through social media. And like the way to do that is not by like saying, hey, like the connect and pitch on LinkedIn that I've received that a lot when I owned my own business. Mm-hmm. And um, that just off puts people. So I'm guessing that you have some sort of different element that separates offering an opportunity to for like the right person, right place versus selling. I would love for you to elaborate on that. Sure. So what I do is I look at the whole picture instead of just the sale. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the way that I do that is we start with actually creating the vision of what you want your business to be and who you want it to serve. So many new business owners are afraid to niche down and try to serve one specific type of person. And um, in my program, we address that because niching down on your target is not the same as excluding anyone who's not in your target. But it's just creating a message that is going to resonate people with people. Once it resonates with a group of people, you are perfectly capable and able to accept others into that sphere, but now your message is out there and it creates a sort of momentum that helps people hear about you, whether they're in that target or not, but especially if they're in that target. And so when you start getting these responses, you gain a confidence that makes people want to listen to what you have to say. When you first are out there in groups trying to speak to people, what most of us do is we adopt that in-person communication model. And I would say everybody down to the last one of everyone that I've ever talked to said when they came onto social media, they were just going to be authentic. They were going to get out here and they were going to be themselves, tell people what they had to offer, offer to help as many people as they could. And you go into it with this very positive, I'm going to be different. I'm not going to be that salesman type of person. The problem is nobody would listen to them. So even though you're out here and you're saying all these things, no one is responding or engaging. And that's where I discovered the psychology is you have to build a rapport. And Mm -hmm. in person, we build that rapport by you enter, you smile, leftover from caveman days. I'm not a threat. See the smile, you know, and um, you introduce yourself and you explain why you're there. Nobody wants to talk to you until you get past that. Then they know who you need to talk to, whether or not they want to hear what you have to say. But you automatically, due to social construct, have that opening no matter where you go when you're in person. Now, email is a little bit harder because you have to get them to read it. But in person, we go in and we say, hi, I'm so-and-so. I'd like to speak to so-and-so about this. Yeah. And you have that chance. You don't have that chance on social media. And when you come in in that same communication model, people go, they're trying to sell me something and they completely ignore you. There is no social construct telling them they have to listen. I I mean, I definitely like agree with you. I, I think that I also cut you off. I, I hope that I didn't. No, you're fine. Oh, cool, cool, cool. So, I mean, like you had mentioned building r- r- rapport, building value, um, Facebook is, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a social network. People come there to meet people. I mean, originally, like it was meant to keep in touch with your friends and family. Right. And over time, it slowly evolved to groups. 
making personal connections. Um, I feel like what I've had success with is I post a lot. Like I live on Facebook, whether that's good or bad, that the verdict is out. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but to, to have, like, I post comments of value, whether if it's like an observation that I've had or an experience or a new source, you have mm-hmm. to post something so people will start to trust you. And if people don't trust you, then it might, then like they'll automatically disqualify you. I feel like right. you have some thoughts about that. Would love for you to share. I do. So I started with doing that same thing. And I do still do that as much as possible. People have gotten to know my name. When I say things, you know, people are agreeing with me. I try to come up with solutions for people that aren't within my sphere directly so that people see I'm not always trying to move you to a sale. However, when somebody asks a question or responds to something I say, I never give them a simple answer. And this is how you begin building rapport. So um, I shouldn't say I never, because my natural tendency in person is always to come up with a solution. Yeah, That's what I did. People would come to me from everything from, I don't know what to get my father-in-law for Christmas to, you know, my child is having this huge emotional breakdown and what do I do? So no matter what it was, I always came up with a solution. And that's what I was trying to do on social media. And I got a lot of thank yous, but they didn't lead anywhere. So I had to turn that around. And now what I do is instead of simply coming up with a solution, I always ask for more information. And it's a little bit tricky to get people to share that with you. You have to really understand their situation. So I respond to them in a way that shows them I heard what they actually said, and I would like to help them with what they actually need. Instead of just saying, well, you should do this. So in in that situation, it's funny that you say that because right now I'm receiving training for this thing called Sandler training. It's not named after Adam Sandler, but like, um, so in, in that, my, my point is that like in the beginning, they heavily emphasize on like asking questions, make sure that you have enough information that, you know, because I mean, if you, I mean, a salesperson is similar to a, a doctor in certain ways. And would a doctor prescribe you medicine if he didn't know all of your symptoms? Obviously not. So the way that they circumvent that is by asking so many questions. Does it hurt here? Can you, are you able to stretch that? Mm-hmm. Similarly, a, when a salesperson is talking to a prospect, it's not, they're, they're not just pitching them, pitching them and pitching them mm-hmm. because it's falling on deaf ears. What they have to do, I mean, what is recommended from experts is to ask as many questions as possible. What are some of the most uh, successful questions or like introductory thought-provoking questions that you personally use? Um, My favorite kind of generic question, if I don't have something more specific to target in on from their comment is to ask somebody what they have tried so far. 
-hmm. What have you tried so far? How has it worked for you? If they haven't already put that in the post. If someone says, I have been trying for six months to um, get clients and I've posted every day, this and this and this, and nothing works. I don't want to say, what have you tried so far? Because they just told me what they think they tried. But I want to ask a question that goes a little deeper. But in general, people will just say things like, you know, how are you getting people to talk to you? How are you getting people to come to your site? How are you doing whatever? So I will simply say to them, what have you tried so far? Um, maybe what have you tried so far that's worked well or that hasn't worked? I try to let them know first in some sort of sentence that I heard what they're saying. And then I simply ask them what they've tried so far. This gives them a chance to think about that and to start to respond to me. But while they're doing that, their psyche is assimilating my relationship with them as someone worthy of talking to. So we're actually developing a report, even though I haven't even told them my name yet. I mean, I know it's out there in Facebook land, but you yeah. know, I haven't said, hey, I do this. Hey, this is my area of expertise. When I start, and, and this was all a process of trial and error to figure these things out. When I began, I would say, you know, hey, my name's Wendy. I actually have a business that addresses this. What have you tried so far? And I would say it was 50-50 on the, getting a response. But people knew this is my business. I was trying to pull something out of them to move them to a sales position, you know, a sales relationship. Yeah. So when I don't even introduce myself, it allows them to build that rapport without that mountain of suspicion that they would otherwise be working with because they're always waiting for you to sell, waiting for you to throw that pitch in there. So, I mean, to reiterate then, basically, you'll ask them a ton of questions. You'll let your posts do most of the social credibility, the social proof. Mm -hmm. And then this way, it gets you over the hump of like, hey, I, it's like over the negative connotation of, hey, I have to sell. Right. So when it comes to selling, for me anyway, I don't think about the selling until I really don't think about the selling anymore at all because it's just a piece of what I offer. Mm -hmm. But I save all that decision about whether this is a sales prospect for the actual end of the phone call. So I move people from groups to DMs to a phone call before I decide if they're a potential client, simply off of the basis of, can I help this person? Are they in my target group of people I can help? Everyone I help is not a client and is not even client potential. So that's kind of my thing is that I believe in doing for people who are in more desperate straits to an extent. But in the beginning, I spent all my time doing that. So I do have to you know, balance that with paying clients as well. But I find that it puts a different kind of spin on my conversation when I'm leading someone to a point of, are they really somebody I can pitch to? When I'm trying to get to that pitch, my conversation has a different energy. And I would say that to be true for most of my clients as well. So I don't focus on getting to the pitch. I focus on drawing the conversation. I have a, a particular place that I try to move it to DMs before mm -hmm. I start giving solutions. 
And then in DMs, we talk about possible solutions and move to a phone call so that we can get more clarity before nailing something down and getting some direction. It's only in that phone call that there's some, um, some seedling of, is this a potential client? Gotcha. Okay. So it's, so you go from building value in Facebook groups to qualifying them in the DMS and mm -hmm. then you go for a mutual close towards your coaching bootcamp um, or your coaching sessions as the final, uh, as the final stage, I guess. Right. The close is actually just a byproduct of the conversation. I have a skeleton conversation that I go through that's made, that's created specifically to help a new business owner look a little bit deeper and a little bit more holistically at that whole picture instead of just getting a client. Because yeah. I believe when you're hustling for clients every day, you're not moving forward at all. You're in a hamster wheel. And if you're not moving forward, you just come back in tomorrow and get on the same wheel. You're still hustling for clients and every client is life or death because every client it could be the first, it could be the last, but since you don't have a process and you don't know where your next potential is coming from, you're not necessarily um, comfortable. Even if you sell that client, now you got to worry about the next one. It's a, a sales um, thing is you're only as good as your last deal, you know, and that's a big sales yeah. belief for salesmen. I don't do that. My deals happen naturally within the month. I only need so many every month to be on track so your conversation, when I'm having a conversation with a potential client, it is not life and death. It's not, I have to sign them to prove that I can do it, or I have to sign them to make this much money today. Every discussion is just one little piece in that bigger business picture. It takes a lot of the pressure off and it really adapts the energy to be much more positive. We focus on solutions and then the only thing that's even slightly pitch like is, you know, would it make sense to you to, you know, I know I can help you with this. Would it make sense to you to go through what that would look like? Yes or no. You have to get mutual buy-ins. And I mean, like the way that salespeople, I mean, like I, so I, I come from a, a B2B background and it's funny because you're only as good as your last quarter. Um, mm -hmm. but it's, it's, in, it's different because like, if you're cold calling and cold email, those are effective, but the attrition rates are a lot lower. And I see places like LinkedIn, like people are slowly shifting towards like, where's content being, um, discussed. Like, I mean, I've, I've met people off Reddit. Like one of my, my friends that used to work with me, I met him off Reddit it, it, and, it's the weirdest place. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's slowly shifting towards more of like, a, like you just put out content and then people are starting to come inbound. Do you, do you think that that's like a fair statement or observation? Um, I'm, when you say put it out content, I put out content in other people's groups. Yeah. I mean, I do have my own group and I do put content there, but most of the engagement I get is in other people's groups, just being in there, giving value. And then that value leads me to the conversations. 
and what I find with most new business owners is that they don't know how to do how to lead to those conversations. And if they get someone to talk to them, they don't know how to move them to a DM without seeming salesy. So we work on that communication, you know, models. What's been like a couple of big, not necessarily like red flags, but a couple of glaring errors that people can immediately fix? Um, do not give your solution first. People don't want to know what you can do for them. People want to know, well, I shouldn't, I shouldn't word it that way. People don't want to know what you have to offer. They yeah. want to know what you fix. And that's really become a huge well-known motto right now in sales is, you know, be solution based. So when I first started, I was a leadership coach and I wanted everybody to know that I got what was actually going on that was making them ineffective. And so we could work on those things they didn't even realize they were doing. Nobody wanted to talk to me about that because none of them thought that was their problem. So don't try to be the smartest person in the room and show people what you know. Simply give them the opportunity to tell you what they need. With enough discovery, people are able to actually tell you what exactly they want. Um, have you ever heard of the three whys principle? I am not sure that I have. Okay. It might be known as something else, but basically you had referenced it earlier of like asking deeper questions and a good um, tactical example of this is you ask why three different times. Like for example, like, so I sell, call it one widget. Why do I want this widget? Well, this widget is going to help our sales department increase X, Y, Z percent. Why is it important that you need to increase your sales uh, X, Y, Z percent? Oh, our CEO said this and we, we have a business initiative to, to accomplish this much mm-hmm. revenue. That's how you've got, after three whys, you've gotten to what's like the core problem. Right. Yeah, I hadn't heard the name of that theory. It That's actually how I address pretty much everything in my life. Yeah. Is when, especially mindset, in mindset, the question why is invaluable. You feel like this, why? Because of that. Well, why do you feel like that? Because of this. Why does that matter? Because of this. I follow the why, that's how I think of it. I follow the why and I keep following it past the place that I think it's done because it's never done when you think it's done. So in mindset, you always have to go deeper and that's really hard to do. And that's one of the things that I was really good at with leaders is helping them to follow that through. So I've transitioned that to the business building to help people really dig down to why the things they're doing are not working for them because often it's our own mindset getting in our way. So I love that. It does work as well with, you know, the sales idea because it's simply going deeper is all it is. You know, you think this is your problem. Well, why do you need the solution? Because there actually is another problem. And why is that problem happening? Because there, this actually is the root, you know, so I'm a hundred percent on board with that. Interesting. What are some other um, psychology theories that we utilize in every day that are actually ba- like they they have an influence in sales as as well? I'm I'm very curious to hear that. 
So I, it's been a long time since I was in a textbook for psychology. Yeah. So I cannot tell you where the theories come from or who came up with them, yeah. but I work very much in the psyche. So the one thing somebody has to feel is that you have connected with them in some way, or not that you've connected with them, but that they have connected with you, which is why you let them talk first. You draw from them as much information as you can, because that's how you're building that rapport. Once they have that rapport, then you can start to tell them something because now you have authority in their mind. You have listened, they know that you've heard what they're talking about, and it's no longer about you trying to sell them a solution, but you actually offering them a solution. People respond much better to an offer than a sale. They do not wanna feel like they didn't already know something or that you may have gotten one over on them. So nobody wants to feel like they've been sold. That's like a negative point in their psyche if you feel like you've been sold. And um, I'll give you an example. I'm in this fantastic boot camp right now. And I really, really, really wanted to go on to the accelerated offer. Really, really, really wanted, but it's way out of my price range. So I went to my husband and I talked to him about it. And I said, it, you don't understand. This is going to be so amazing for me. And it's going to do all these terrific things. And he said, every workshop is telling you they're going to do them. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't listen to every workshop. And that's a point of pride for me. When I don't accept somebody's offer, I feel like I won that battle. Gotcha. So if you're presenting an offer, people are coming into you with their battle armor on because it's their job to not be taken. Gotcha. Like not be taken advantage of. Right. And that's what it comes down to because sales, the idea of sales is that the salesman gets something out of it and you get duped. That's just the basic idea underneath. But why can't there be a mutually beneficial program where like I there mean can value, and there should. I mean value like when I sell like a technology piece for like thirty thousand dollars I mean 30 grand is like it's not a little money and it to a corporation if they can see the ROI from it of like hey if I'm able to to reduce I mean I sell like a survey software so if you're able to like realize when your customers are going to churn it's pretty easy if your average deal size is a hundred thousand if they churn, it's a hundred thousand dollar potential loss. Would you rather spend thirty thousand with my tool to foresee that? Mm -hmm. That ROI calculator is easier. I feel like when you're selling to coaches, or excuse me, when you are a coach selling to other people, the ROI is a little bit more. Um, it is harder to to like actually to quantify. Exactly. I'm very curious about how you do that. So what I look at with people is the difference in your life compared to getting my service versus not getting my service. For me, working with new business owners, it's a little bit easier for me to quantify that because what are you making right now from the zero to maybe two clients that you have? Mm -hmm. Now, if you put this money into my program, and you double, triple, quadruple, ten, you know, 10 times that, 10x that, 
um, how is that going to look to you? So rather than spend three weeks getting one client, you can get one client every three hours or three days or whatever process it would be. Anything less than three weeks is a win. You know, right. so those numbers prove themselves when you see if you can overcome this hump that's keeping you from getting clients, imagine when your book is full every day and you're turning people away and now your next problem is figuring out how you can serve these people who you don't have time to serve. So what are you going to do? Are you going to have group coaching? Are you going to add a course? You know, are you going to refer them to somebody else? What is it that you're going to do? That's a very different problem than how am I going to make the rent this month? Yeah. So, I mean, like, basically with, with your program, then you're able to calculate ROI of like saying, hey, by investing X amount of dollars, and I mean, then you're able to understand how to keep your book full. Like you'll be able to get systems, messaging, all that. Yep. So, and that, and that's the trick is understanding enough to be able to fill your book and then to make the sale once you're on the call. So, you know, people need, there's a, a structure to creating a, a pitch or offering your offer to people in a way that they will want to accept it rather than want to not fall for it. Those are very two different perspectives to be coming from. I mean, I like I feel like the the wording fall for it just it sounds like mischievous and it's uh, I don't like it. I mean, I, I wear my sales like job as like a badge of honor because at the end of the day, everyone is selling. If uh, if you're trying to I mean, your husband sold you on marrying you. Uh, mm -hmm. He probably sold you on taking you out on a second date for every single decision you have to sell, if you will. I get that. And I hear what you're saying. I'm not saying that sales is those things. I'm saying that people on social media come in with that mindset and you have to overcome that to prove that you're worthy of being listened to before you can begin your pitch because they come to you on social media waiting for and prepared for and wearing armor against that sale being scammed or just being sold whatever it is they are prepared to fight back so you have to overcome that to get on that level playing field where now it is actually just an analysis of do i have what you need instead of a big shady sales technique to get me to listen to you you know, no, I simply want to have a conversation with you, give you some value, put you in a direction. And then if it makes sense for you, then we talk about what it would look like to work with me. Gotcha. We don't come into it going, okay, so, you know, obviously this is what I do and I can fix your problems. Now let's talk about what they are. Because that says to them, you don't really know my problems. You simply have something you want to sell me. So you want to reframe the conversation and set it up in a way 
that you are just someone who it would benefit them to work with, not you have a service you're hoping they will buy. And like, just to, I mean, to go back to your first point of like getting over the hump that and like establishing social trust that comes down to actually like qualifying yourself in Facebook groups, commenting on posts, all of that adding value. Yes. You have to become real. And part of that is your Facebook presence in the groups you're in, as well as your profile and your page. And if you have a group, the group you run, you have to make sure that your your persona as the business owner. Mm -hmm. So I, that was a big struggle for me because I like to keep my business persona extremely professional and it took me a long time to be myself a little bit because I didn't want anyone to see anything other than professional Wendy because where I came from that's who I was you know it was you have your business self and you have your personal self Mm -hmm. and my personal self is a cut up and you know not always appropriate so I didn't want that in my business it took me a long time to find that balance. And I just, gosh, a couple months ago, I guess, started posting as my business in my personal page. Because when people look at you on social media, they go to your personal profile. Oh, so yeah. I was always careful never to be too inappropriate in my personal profile. And that's not hard for me because I'm, I have very limited inappropriateness. But everyone I hang out with, my husband, his whole family, all my friends are extremely inappropriate and I find it funny so I had to learn to balance I can only have these type of things in here even though you know I mean we weren't crazy you know terrible but we have a lot of fun and we're always laughing at each other but people looking at that wouldn't necessarily get it yeah so I had to make some adjustments and you know, there's a lot of pushback from your mindset saying, well, no, this is my personal self and I'm not changing that for business. And this is my business self and I'm not bringing that stuff in. So I had to learn to blend that. And there's a whole process I teach about that. Gotcha. So we're coming up on time here. What are a couple things that you want the audience to take away from this? All right. My two really biggest things are Do not offer a solution until you build rapport. Gotcha. And that would be in conversations. And the other is in your messaging, be it ads or your page or whatever it is, stop telling people what you can do and start telling them what you can fix. Use their language, use their problems because until they come to you, When they get there, you can say, this is how we're going to fix it with all these things I know how to do. But until they are with you, they don't care what you can do. It's one of the biggest mistakes I see my clients do is they want to tell everybody all of the things they can do of value. And one, it's overwhelming. Once you have more than three things, people stop relating to it at all. And two, they're not, it's not resonating with them because it's not the problem they know they have. So those are my two biggest things. Gotcha. And where can people find you online? So I am on Facebook. That's where my biggest presence is. 
And on Facebook, I am Missing Peace by Wendy. Mm -hmm. I also have a group called Quick Wins for Business Owners. Mm -hmm. And that group was created um, for people who aren't quite ready to buy into a big ticket program. Maybe it's financial, maybe it's mindset, whatever. So you can find me in either of those places. I do have a new website that is live, but not quite perfect yet, called themissingpieceforbusiness.com. Cool. Well, audience, I hope that you enjoyed that piece of or the episode today with Wendy. This is Mohit. I am signing off. Hope that you've had a very good day. Thank you for listening. Uh, this is Mohit. I'm signing off. Please rate us five out of five stars on wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Stitcher, whatever it is. Thank you, and I hope that you have a great day. Please sign up for the beta at socialcycle.io.